Well, hello, Cedar Mill. My name is Reed Saunders. I'm so blessed and excited to share with you this morning, if you're watching during the morning. Uh, I'm so blessed the Plows are great friends of mine. Actually, Luis has been a huge mentor and friend of mine. I know he's with the Lord now, but I'm just so blessed by the Plows. And I know this is their home church, and so I'm really excited and honored to share with you. You know, I live in Salem, so not too far from here. And as I was praying about, okay, Lord, what message do you want to give me to share? And it reminded me of a story of a pastor and a little boy, his son, actually. And they were gathered around the breakfast table. And the little boy said to his dad, he said, hey, dad, I got a question for you. And the dad's like, yeah. The little boy said, well, before you get up to pray, before you get up to preach, you pray every morning, you know, at the pulpit. And before you get to the pulpit, you just start stopping and praying. What are you praying about? And the dad thought, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to really pour into my son. And so he said, okay, son, well, before I preach, I pray that God would give me a great message, that people would be inspired, they'd be encouraged, they'd be blown away just to love Jesus and reach people for the Lord. And the little boy looked up his dad and without missing a beat, he said, well, dad, how come God never answers your prayers? <laughs> so I think about that and kids are funny, right? But like Luis and like Andrew, I'm an evangelist. I travel around the world and tell people about Jesus and I have to use a translator all the time. And here's another story I wanna share with you about, about my translator. So I was in the Dominican Republic of all places and there's a pastor who said, Reed, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you my story about an American who was coming in to preach. And so actually the American came in to preach the gospel at their church and they couldn't find anyone to translate. So the pastor was getting desperate. So can you imagine, he stands up in front of the church on Sunday morning and said, hey, here's our brother from America. We can't find anyone to translate. Can any of you translate for our brother? It's like crickets, no one's responding. And all of a sudden this guy raises his hand in the back. I'll do it, I'll do it. And so the pastor's like, okay, come up and translate for our American friend. So the pastor starts preaching, the guy starts translating for him, and there's a woman sitting in the front row, and she's kind of listening to this guy, and she's kind of scratching her head like, okay, he's not really saying translating for this guy, it's not making any sense. <laughs> so finally, at the end of the message, this woman goes up to the translator and said, hey, you weren't saying anything that this uh, guy was preaching. Do you even speak English? And the guy's like, well, no, he gave his message, and I gave mine. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who pretend to be someone or something that they're not, right? I mean, just because you have a surfboard doesn't make you a surfer. Just because you wear a biker jacket doesn't make you a biker. Just because you can shoot a basketball doesn't make you Damian Lillard, right? And just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. You know, listen, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than me visiting Dunkin' Donuts makes me a cop, right? All right, hey, listen, I love cops. I'm just kidding, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? What makes you a follower of Christ is when you make a personal decision to say, God, you know, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe you sent Jesus down on the cross for my sins and rose again from the grave. And the Bible says when you make that personal decision, Jesus takes you from death to life. And what I wanna share with you this morning is really the greatest love story of all time. And this is between you and God. And I've entitled this message, God's Radical Love. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, I love this verse. It says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I had the privilege of doing an outreach festival in Zambia this past April. And we went to Victoria Falls. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. And as I stood there, you could just see, you know, thousands of gallons of water just pouring over the falls. And when I think about God's love being lavished, imagine you're standing underneath the falls and the falls are kidding you. And that's like God's love that's being poured out on you. And they call the Victoria Falls one of the seven wonders of the world. But I'll tell you what the greatest wonder of the world is, is John 3, 16 which says, for God so loved the world. Now I want you to put your place, your name in that place right there this morning. Maybe you're sitting on your couch, 
maybe you're just listening somewhere in your room, somewhere online, I want you to know that God hasn't forgotten about you. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus loves you, he cares about you, he wants a relationship with you. And I wanna ask you a question this morning. Do you believe that God wants to work in your heart? I wanna remind you that God hasn't forgotten about you. He knows your pain, he knows your struggles. And this morning he says to you, I love you, I care about you. You know, Jesus is the only one who can give you true love, true peace, true purpose. It was a, a man by the name of St. Augustine. I love this quote, he says about us. He says, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Is your heart restless this morning? Blaise Pascal is a French mathematician, and he once said this. He said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator. It's so true. But sadly, so many people, they try to find that, fill that hole in their heart. They try to find love by looking in all the wrong areas. Many turn to drugs or alcohol or relationships. You know, Google recently released the top three search topics late at night from about 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. And the top three most searched topics were porn, suicide, and loneliness. You see, a lot of people think, well, maybe if I'm just famous, then I'll finally have purpose or meaning in life. I don't know if you remember Marlon Brando is a famous actor, but before he died, he said this. He said, money and wealth has brought me nothing but misery. So people think, okay, maybe if I'm famous. Nope, Marlon Brando says, nope. Or how about a man by the name of Keith Urban? Maybe you know him, a famous country singer. He once said this, he said, playing massive stadiums isn't gonna fill any hole in me. You're right, Keith, it's not. Or how about money? How many of you have heard of the radio personality, Howard Stern? Well, recently he signed a contract for $400 million. And I can't get my mind around that. And he was once interviewed, he makes like $80 million a year. And someone said, Mr. Stern, you have a beautiful wife, you're on the radio like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You make more money than pretty much anyone. You seem to have a perfect life. You must be happy, right? And Mr. Stern's response was tragic, but it was typical. He said, actually, no, I've never been happy a day in my life. Can you imagine? We live in such a broken world, don't we? I mean, our nation's never been more divided than it is today when in the face of a pandemic, and people are asking this question, is there a God and does he care about me? And maybe you're asking that question this morning. You're like, Reed, is there a God and does he care about me? Brokenness, longing for love. I was speaking at an outreach on the East Coast a couple years ago and I've seen people cry before, but I've never seen someone so broken as this young woman, her name was Rihanna. It's about 17 years old. She was so broken that her friends literally had to bring her up to me as she was just sobbing and weeping. And she said, Reed, I gotta tell you my story. She said, my parents were addicted to drugs and alcohol and they abused me. I've been in and out of foster homes my entire life. She said, this past year, I had three of my friends commit suicide. And this year alone, she said, I tried to commit suicide three times. And the tears were just pouring down. But then I started to see a hint of a smile on her face. And she said, but Reed, when I heard you talking about Jesus, the fact that he loved me enough to die on the cross for my sins, and to rise again from the grave. She said, Reed, tonight I gave my life to Jesus. And for the first time in my life, I finally feel loved. For the first time in my life, I finally have a reason to live. 
My friends, just like Jesus changed Rihanna's life, today he wants to change your life. He loves you, he cares about you, he hasn't forgotten about you. And there's three things I wanna leave with you this morning. And the first thing is this, that God's love is relational. Say relational. I know I can't hear you, but you're sitting in your living room, just say relational. Okay, relational. This is pretty amazing. Out of everything that God made, he made you and I, men and women, alone in his own image. And I've had the privilege of traveling to about 100 countries. And the number one thing people tell me when I talk about the God of the Bible is they're amazed that the God of the Bible is a personal God who wants a personal relationship with them. So God made us in his own image that we could have the capacity to love and to be loved. And the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that the first man that God created was named Adam and the first woman was named Eve. And the living was called the Garden of Eden. It was paradise, it was perfect. They didn't have to worry about COVID, they didn't have to worry about violence, they didn't have to worry about any of those things. Why? Because sin had not entered the human race at that time. But you see, God didn't make us to be robots, he made us for a relationship. How many of you have kids? Okay, my wife Carmen and I have three. Now, I don't want my kids to love me because they have to, I want them to love me because they want to or choose to, right? And love really is a choice, isn't it? And so God gave Adam and Eve a choice. He said, you can eat anything you want in this beautiful garden, but you cannot eat of this one tree, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible says that Eve took from that tree that God told her not to, and she gave some to her, son, her husband Adam, and he ate. Because the Bible says the, the devil came in the form of a serpent. And just like the devil does today, he did the same thing back then. He causes us to doubt God. And he said, Eve, did God really tell you not to eat from that fruit? So she ate and she gave some to her husband Adam, and he ate. And at that moment in time, that's when the relationship between us and God was completely broken. And the Bible says that what separates us from God is called sin. And that word sin means to rebel against God, where basically you're saying, God, my life's not about you, it's all about me. And that word for sin literally means to miss the mark. Like if I were to put a target over here and I'd shoot, every time I'd shoot, I'd miss. Because God's target is perfection, it's holiness. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says in Isaiah 59 too, it says, your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he cannot hear. And that's why so many of you watching this morning, you feel broken, you feel empty because your sins have separated you from your God. And just like I've inherited my hair color from my parents, so too we, the whole human race have inherited sin from Adam and Eve. It's been passed down from generation to generation to generation until we're all infected with it. And sin is a disease. It's literally worse than cancer or AIDS or even COVID. Why? Because every single one of us are infected with it. Bible says we're born as sinners and then we choose to sin. We choose to, sin, to steal. We choose to lust. We choose to lie. And that's why our sins have separated us from God. And that's why we feel broken and empty and alone. There's a man who was a famous rock star. And if I were to say his name, you'd know who I'm talking about. But he was the lead singer of one of the biggest rock bands of all time. And sadly, this man committed suicide. And when they found him, there was a note that was pinned to his shirt. And it simply said this, I am a lonely soul. I am a lonely soul. There was a recent poll that came out that 20% of Americans, that's 60 million people, 20% of Americans said they're unhappy with their lives because of loneliness. I mean, so many of us think, okay, maybe if I get that car or that boat or that promotion at work, or get these grades on my test or whatever, then I'll feel love, then I'll have purpose, then I won't be lonely anymore. But no, you're out of the relationship with the God who made you. 
Pastor and author Tim Keller once said this. He said, we've all got to live for something. Otherwise, we've got nothing to live for. But whatever we live for will own us. Whatever we live for will never fulfill us. And whatever we live for will never forgive us when we fail it. We become enslaved to our idols and they ultimately destroy us. And I want to ask you, who are you living for? Or what are you living for? I was watching this uh, film about this young woman. And in fact, she was on a huge news station and they took this home video and kind of, you know, put it all across social media. And it was, it was a huge topic where this young woman was just broken. She had been struggling with cutting and she was just uh, suicidal, dealing with so many problems. And this video, she show, held up this sign. And I'll never forget, it just breaks my heart even talking about it. But this young woman, she held up this sign and she's talking about how she's struggling with, with um, being bullied and just with feeling lonely and like just having no hope. And she held up this sign on the camera that said this, I have nobody, I need somebody. And shortly after that video aired, this young woman committed suicide. And maybe you're watching this morning, you're saying, Reed, I have nobody, I need somebody. Well, I wanted to let you know that that somebody is Jesus Christ. God's love is relational, but it's also radical. And if you're asking this question, Reed, does God really love me? Does he really care about me? If you ever question God's love for you, look to the cross of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus was loving you. You know, the Bible says in 1 Peter, actually Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, referring to Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's like when Jesus was on the cross, he took a check, and with his shed blood that he, that he did on the cross, he writes on the check, your name, and then he writes paid in full. And on the third day, we all cheer, why? Because the check cleared. Jesus loves you so much. The Bible says he was born through the Virgin Mary. You see, God saw that you're separated with, from him because of his sins, because of your sins. And he did something amazing. Jesus was born through the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect, sinless life. When he was on earth, he did so many miracles. He made the deaf hear, the blind see, and the lame walk. And then did the greatest miracle of all. He went to the cross and he did what you and I can't do on our own. He paid the penalty for our sins. The Bible says they put nails through his hands and through his feet. And when he was on the cross, he was loving you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, we like sheep, every single one of us have strayed away. Yet God laid on him, referring to Christ, God laid on him the guilt and sins of every single one of us. People always ask me, Reed, why is Jesus the only way to heaven? It's because Jesus is the only human being that has ever lived to be fully God and fully man at the same time that never sinned. And that's why he could be that perfect sacrifice on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried, but three days later, he rose again. And today, Jesus is alive. And through his victorious resurrection, he defeated the devil, death, and made it possible to deliver you from all of your sins. And you can enter back in a relationship with God, just like Adam and Eve did before sin entered the human race. God loves you. He cares about you. He wants a relationship with you right here, right now. Remember the story of a man who was being counseled. He went to a Christian counselor and he was just broken. He, he was very wealthy, but that wasn't satisfying him. Uh, he was just having trouble in his marriage and with his job. And so he was just broken. And so he went to see 
this counselor, and the counselor took him across the street. This is in New York. And he took him to the RCA building. And he brought him up to the statue of Atlas, you know, the Greek mythology guy who's just so muscle and just ripped, and he's literally carrying the world on his back. And so the counselor said to this man, he said, that's you. <laughs> You're carrying the weight of the world on your back. And then he took him across the street to this little church where there was a little statue of Jesus about nine or 10 years old, and he's sitting there holding the world in his hands. And the counselor said to the man, that needs to be you. You need to put your world in the hands of Jesus. I mean, you've heard that song we sang as kids, right? He's got the whole what? Yeah, the whole world in his hands. And I wanna ask you, who has your world? Are you holding on to your own world? Put your world in the hands of Jesus. I love what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He said, come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let Jesus be your burden bearer. You might be like, well, Reed, you don't know the sins I've committed. There's no way God could forgive me. <laughs> the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 25, it says, I have and I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and get this, and remembers your sins no more. Think about that. It's like God took your sins, buried them in the ocean floor, and he posted a no fishing sign, right? Right? I love what a speaker and pastor, Louis Giglio, once said this. He said that God didn't come to make a bad person good. He came to make a dead person alive. Jesus said in John 5, 24, he says, truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And he will not be judged, but he's crossed over from death to life. You see, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God takes away all your guilt, all your sin, all your shame. He takes you from lonely to loved. He takes you from guilty to forgiven. And he takes you from death to life. And when I think about the true love that only Jesus can give you, I think about this young girl named Emily. Little Emily was about seven years old and she was having some issues with her heart. So her parents took her to the doctor and the doctor did some exams and what he found out was very troubling. So he brought Emily in along with her parents, sat them down and said, Emily, I'm so sorry, but your heart is very sick. In fact, we're gonna have to open up your heart and try to fix you. And what happened next, the doctor couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, little Emily jumps out of her chair and she says, doctor, doctor, that's amazing. Guess who you're gonna meet when you open my heart? And the doctor was shocked, oh, whoo. And Emily said, you're gonna meet Jesus because he lives in my heart. That same assurance, that same hope that Emily had in Christ can be true of you today. He loves you, he cares about you. So God's love is relational. Say relational. It's radical, say radical. And then thirdly, it's relentless. Say relentless. God is so in love with you that his love for you will never fail. He won't give up on you. He loves you, he cares about you. In fact, the Bible says in Jeremiah 31.3, get this. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Now get about, think about that for a minute. An everlasting love, there's no beginning, there's no end to God's love for you. He loves you and he cares about you. And because we're made in the image of God, God loves you so much he wants to spend eternity with you. And like I mentioned, because we're made in the image of God, you and I have a soul that's gonna live forever. One day you're gonna die and I'm gonna die. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says it's destined for man to die once and then to face the judgment. 
That's Hebrews chapter nine. So because we're made in God's own image, we have a soul. And when we die, one day we'll die, we're gonna go to one of two places. The Bible says either heaven or hell. Now God is love, yes, but he's also holy, perfect, and just, and God can't be in the presence of sin. And so the Bible says if we die in our sins without Jesus saving us from our sins, we'll go to a place called hell, very sad, very lonely. But the good news is, my friends, think about this. The Bible says there's a place called heaven. In Revelation, it talks about a new heavens and a new earth. Think of it, a place where there'll be no more pain, no more sickness, no more suffering. But you see, the Bible makes it clear there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says in Acts 4, 12, it says, salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You can't earn your way in heaven. You can't pay your way in heaven. The Bible says it's a gift. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine, it says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And that word grace means a merited favor, something we can't earn and don't deserve. But God gave us that gift of Jesus Christ. Why? because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. So I'm gonna ask you this question. Do you know where you go? Do you know where you'll go when you die? Reminds me of a story about Albert Einstein. I don't know if you know him, I'm sure you do, but great Albert Einstein, right? The physicist who came up with E equals MC squared, which really means I have no clue, right? (laughs) Well, the story's told of how he was boarding a a bus, train exactly, train, yeah, train from Princeton to a certain location. And as he's sitting there on the train, the conductor's coming through and he's collecting tickets and he comes up to Dr. Einstein. He says, ticket, please. Dr. Einstein checks one pocket, can't find the ticket. Next pocket, can't find it. He's, Dr. Einstein says, I can't find my ticket. And the, and the conductor said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, that's okay. I know who you are. All of us on the train know who you are. I'm sure you paid for your ticket. Don't worry about it. So the conductor continued on and collecting tickets and he happens to glance back over his shoulders and he's shocked at what he sees. He sees Dr. Albert Einstein, the great physicist, down on his hands and knees looking for his ticket. So the conductor freaks out, he comes running down, he says, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. In fact, all of us on this train know who you are. I'm sure you paid for your ticket, it's fine. Dr. Einstein looks at the young man and says, young man, I too know who I am. The problem is, I don't know where I'm going, I need my ticket. (laughs) We laugh at that, right? But again, do you know where you're going when you die? And that ticket is eternal life through Jesus Christ and him alone. The Bible says in John 17, three, it says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. And the Bible says you just put your faith and trust in Jesus. You believe in Jesus and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe you sent your son Jesus down the cross for my sins and to rise again from the grave. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says all of your sins are forgiven. You have a personal relationship with God, not a religion relationship. Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart to help you live for Jesus. And you can be sure when you die, you go to heaven as opposed to hell. And you have the joy of knowing and serving and following Jesus the rest of your days. But this decision for Jesus is up to you. Your friends can't make it for you. Your loved ones can't make it for you because you're in your sins and you need the Savior. He loves you. He cares about you. And in just a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. But I wanna finish with the story about a man who was about to be released from prison. And this man had committed several crimes that landed him in jail. And he'd been isolated from his wife and kids for for many years. 
So he wrote home to his wife and kids and he said, on such and such a day, I'll be released from prison. If you want to see me, all I want you to do is just take a little gold ribbon and put it on the front doorknob of the house. And if I see that ribbon, I know that that means you will welcome me back home. But he wrote, if I don't see that ribbon, that means you don't want to see me again. And I promise you, you'll never hear from me or see me again. Wow. Well, finally, the day came for the man to be released from prison. He got on a bus that was going to head towards his house. And at one of the bus stops, a bunch of university students came on. And one of them looked over and he saw this man sitting in the back and he didn't look very good. And he said, excuse me, mister, what's wrong? You don't look, you don't look very good. Are you sick? And the man popped up out of his chair and he said, no, 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 you don't understand, he said. He said, today's the day. Today's the day I may never see my family or friends again because I'm about to go by my house and if there's not a gold ribbon on the front door, that means that my wife and children never wanna see me again. Today's the day, he said. And with that, he kind of slumped back down in his chair. The students were like, this is crazy. In fact, everyone on the bus was like, what's going on? This is, what's gonna happen? So as the man started to sit there, look out the window, Everyone on the bus was standing looking out the window. And as the bus started to make its way around where the man lived, you could see as, you, as the bus approached the house, there are gold ribbons on the front door. There are gold ribbons on the roof. There are gold ribbons in the front yard and on the trees. In fact, the whole house was covered in gold ribbons. And when the man got off the bus, his wife and children ran up and they embraced him and they said, welcome home. Welcome home. And so too right now, the gold ribbons are up in heaven. And God wants to welcome you into his family. He wants to embrace you with his nail-pierced hands and say that I love you, I care about you, I died for you, I rose again. Be a part of my family. And right now you have the opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that I would pray if I was receiving Jesus. Now, there's prayer is not what saves you, it's your faith in Jesus that does. Believing in faith, which means to trust that Jesus did down the cross for your sins, that he rose again from the grave, and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, and he can give you a new life. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old life is gone, the new life has come. Think of it, you can have a fresh start in Jesus Christ right here, right now. He loves you, he cares about you, and he wants to be your savior right now. So I wanna encourage you where you're at, just bow your head with me, and it's a very special moment between you and God. And if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I just want to lead you in a prayer and you can repeat this prayer after me. As you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, let's pray. Dear God, you can say that with me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe you sent your son Jesus to don the cross for my sins and to rise again from the grave. Come into my heart and life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of all of my sins. Thank you for giving your life for me on the cross, Jesus. Now by faith, I give my life to you. From this moment on, use my life for your glory, Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm so excited for those of you who just prayed to begin a relationship with Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Luke 15 that when a sinner comes to know the Savior, there's a celebration in heaven. And so I wanna welcome you into the family of God. 
We'd love to connect with you here at Cedar Mill. I really encourage you to let us know about this decision you've made to follow Christ today. We have someone here at the church that would love to talk to you and help you be a part of the body of Christ. So though you made this decision for Jesus individually, you're part of the body of Christ. And at Cedar Mill, we wanna help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. So please let us know that you said yes to Jesus today. We're so excited. And for the rest of you who know Christ as your savior, I just wanna encourage you to remind you that he loves you, that he cares about you. Uh, For further reading, check out Romans 8, that nothing can separate you from God's love. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.